Hi everyone, I'm Joel Gould and welcome to the new edition of NRL.com's Pearls Preview Pod. Um, I'm coming to you, uh, we're coming to you from the QRL studios in Brisbane. I'm here with Steve Renoff. Good morning, Steve. How, how are you going? Yeah, not too bad, Joel. <laughs> not too bad, considering. <laughs> <laughs> well, Steve, I can tell you that I have um, just uh, I was driving to work this morning and uh, I went down to Broncos, I was driving past Broncos HQ and I've never seen so many journalists and cameramen in all my life and I thought what the hell's going on here is is someone uh, is something else happened and really <laughs> <laughs> there, were, there were journalists from uh, shows that I've never seen before news guys and, and I could say more camera people than I've ever seen in my life uh, at the Broncos this well this year anyway well um, I reckon I reckon Joel that's a good opportunity for any old boy that just wants to rock down there and get a bit of media I'm sure they'll interview you <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they would mate I'm sure they would uh, so what's going on today actually is that the, the players are having their reviews so the players are arriving um, and off, off to see Anthony Seabold um, to, to find out um, the good or, or bad or indifferent news, I guess, about the season just gone. And it ended diabolically. You've written about it already this week, uh, the 58-0 loss to, mm. the, to the Eels. So before we go and look at the, the finals um, that are coming up this weekend, this Friday and Saturday night, I guess you, you're pretty strong that things need to happen. Um, you spoke yeah. about, um, obviously, Darius and Andrew McCulloch's positions in the team. Uh, maybe they, they should have played their last game. Mil- Milford needs to get his act together or maybe find a new club. You're pretty strong on this. Yeah. There's going to be a review um, oh, look, coming look, up. Joel, as we, as we talk about, you know, yep, we hear these reviews and, um, you know, with clubs, and then that's obviously the right thing to do. But um, we can't come out of this review with the same old, same old, and, and we're going to move him here and uh, do this. And it's just not good enough. So, you know, heads unfortunately have to roll. Um, that's from the playing group, mm. but that's also from they got to look at other parts of the organisation. I mean, whether that that's obviously out of Sebes's hands. He's he's looking after the team, but when they took, they they mentioned about the review, it's a whole club review. Mm. But if, if we keep rolling forward with what we've got, um, in and outside of the team, we'll be the same same same. So you're talking about the coaching staff, the the, the uh, conditioning staff, the board, the board, the whole lot. Mm. Okay. Because it, it it starts at the top. I mean, decisions, big decisions made at that club in the last few years have to come from the board. Well, they have they, come from the they've board. come from the board. So and the CEO. So I'm sorry, but the, everyone needs to be reviewed and how these things pop up and how they happen and um, you know so. If that's not done, well, they're, they're, it's just all smoke and mirrors. Mm. Okay, I'll, I'll take you back to last year, Steve. You, you said that Wayne should have been given another year. He should have been allowed to fulfil his contract. You said when he does go, Kevin Walters should have taken over. Uh, that Obviously, n- neither of those two things happened. In the end, Wayne was uh, had to leave early. Kevin Walters didn't get the job. Anthony Seabold was given a five-year contract. Uh, which you didn't agree with at the time, mm. the length of that contract. Uh, but that, that decision was made ultimately by, well, ticked off on by the board after the uh, selection panel went through the process. A five-year contract, look, and <clears throat> look, I, I don't think Anthony Seabold's done a bad job whatsoever. So this ain't a strike at Anthony Seabold because, you know, ultimately he got the boys to a final series. That's okay. Yeah. Um, he's had a good first season. But for any coach... And, and, and Anthony's come in as, um, you know, a, 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 
what do you call him, rookie coach, and he did a good job at South. But a five-year contract, I, I just don't get. I can't get my head around that, even for any coach. I'm, maybe a Craig Bellamy, or, or you know, you got to be that stature, I think, to get a five-year con as a coach. I mean, he he should have been given a three-year. I think you, you know, you give himself three years. But I think that's just mates looking after mates there. To be honest, to to, to give a coach. Um, a rookie coach a five year contract oh, this doesn't it's not right is it no and look I, I'm not certain about this so I, 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 I know he has a five year contract but I, I have there's some journalists that I do respect and they've written that uh, Brent Reed being one of them that uh, he wrote the other day that Anthony has a uh, and, and Reedy gets he's on the money uh, an option in his favour for a sixth year I mean that that seems um, extraordinary, but it, well, look, we. But but yeah, that, they're the things. They're the things that need to be invested. When you say invest, they talk about review. That that needs to be reviewed. Hmm. Is, is you know let's let's just get away from the playing group, and and look, you know, you can say there are rumours of it. You hear stuff and 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 look, you know, from good sources. I mean, there's other things to be sorted out at that club hmm. outside of the playing group. Yeah. Look, um, obviously, it, it seems like a. Um, it's 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 not by far the, the the biggest issue the Broncos have. But as we know, well, we, you've seen today, Steve. Obviously, and, and yesterday, uh, some of the players were out of the uh, Sydney pub. Some were playing the poker machines till late. Andrew McCulloch's gone on radio this morning. He he, he went and got an ice cream apparently, and uh, popped in. Uh, saw what was happening. Went back and got a massage. I mean, he said he should have said something, especially to the young guys that were there. That it's not not a good good look. I mean, it, I, I was you you see, listen to what Anthony. Well, uh, sorry, what Andrew said. He he was very upfront. Even even copped a lot of the criticism on his own shoulders of his play. He was. I, I thought the way he handled himself was fantastic. Oh look, Macca's and I, I but, got utmost respect for mm, Macca. So you know mm, um, what's going to come out of his mouth is fair income. Mm, um, so what do you make of this? Poker machine. Oh look, I, I, it, it doesn't really. It's not even about the poker machine point of view. It's it's a fact um, that you're out on a premises that time um, doing whatever. Hmm. To be honest, um, just uh, not smart. Just it's just not smart. And as you say, I mean, back in the day, we had a senior group, and we used to pull up. We had players we had to pull up, and they were younger, and that was our role um, hmm. as a senior players group. And, and the, the senior players before us used to pull us up. Yeah. So it was just a culture we had, and then, you know, you get the twenty-five or twenty-six, and then all of a sudden you're in the you're in the senior playing group, which I was never comfortable with. <laughs> but <laughs> part of that responsibility was looking after the young guys, uh, whether you were out after a game or whatever, mm. and we would just pull them up on stuff. So I mean, and, and it'd be no different. I mean, look, and you can't. You, you, it was one of those things, but it just just could have been handled a little bit better. I think. Mm, I think in the wake of a fifty-eight nil loss, yeah. of course, if that hadn't happened, if they won the probably game, probably wouldn't have heard anything. Have heard about it, but yeah. um, that's just the way it is. Yeah. Because look, let's face it, and and one thing Andrew did say in this interview um, uh, with with the radio station Hit One Hundred Five, he was speaking. This morning, uh, the, the, to the general media, the guys that cover rugby league, uh, I don't think any players are available to speak to today. But one thing um, he was pretty clear about in in, um, in in what he said was that he he um, he had to take on board the criticism that had, that had come his way, and he realised that there were going to be some things said and done in these reviews, some 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 tough. Conversations mm. he alluded to that were going to be had. So I think he's aware it's coming. 
Look, Andrew McCulloch has copped a lot of criticism, as have all members of the Broncos spine this year. He's yes. on contract to 2021, uh, although the last year's an option in his favour. Look, we, I don't know what's going to come out of this review, whether the Broncos are going to say to him that, you know, you, you, you can stay here, obviously, you're contracted, but you won't be part of the, the, the team mm. in round one. These are the sort of conversations that happen after losses yes, like this yeah. with senior players that haven't been at their best. Yeah. It's just a reality of footy. Yeah. And the same goes with Darius Boyd. Um, I think that same conversation will be had. But once again, Darius has been adamant that he's going to stick around and continue on, and he's entitled to do that. Yeah, uh, he, he, has a co- he has a contract. He has a contract, so, so he's in, very entitled um, to do that. Um, and... You know, we'll have to wait and see what, what does happen. But if the Broncos want to change their roster, it's going to be a de- delicate operation. It's not going to be easy because some of these guys are contracted and it might be a case of them having to find other clubs, other clubs having to pay for some of their deal or retire yeah, yeah. and they're going to have to re- They're going to, have to go and find people in the marketplace. You, oh, you're, look, it, it, you're it, of the belief that they need a, a, a premiership winning six or seven. Yeah. Is that right? Well, or they, or well, it's experience well they do because everyone, you know, and everyone, and rightly so, that we we're all talking about young Dearden, but he is young. He had, I thought he played some really good footy um, uh, when he was in first grade, but he needs he needs an experienced half with him, uh, a, a six, mm. um, that can guide him around and, and teach him a few things. And, you know, I'm not sure, Joel, who's out there. Um, uh, you, we talked before, uh, uh, Blake Green's available. I think he'd be a, a good option. I, I know um, he, he's... He's 2020 at the He's 2020, but mm. yeah, um, you know, funnier things have happened. Uh, mm. You think Blake <laughs> Green is someone they should look at? Yeah, I think so. He's a talent. And we, we, we've always talked about him, how... how he did a lot for the the Warriors. I think he'd look good um, in a Broncos jersey, and I just love the way he he can guide a footy team around. And that's someone young Dean could could learn a lot off. Mm, well, I've just had a look through some of the players that are off contract. Um, uh, we've got at the moment Benji Marshall is off contract for 2020. He's obviously been at the Broncos. Uh, he's been playing very well. Uh, that would be, you would think, a short-term option, wouldn't you, Benji? Yeah, and we, we, we tried that with Benji, and I didn't quite think it came off. But now that Benji's gone back to Tigerland, I mean, he's just been killing it. So, um, you know, you've got to give him credit. Um, he possibly might be an option because he's been here before. Um, yeah, um, he's playing some of the best footy I've seen him play mm. um, at, you know, in his twilight years. So you couldn't do any... Couldn't do, any worse than if you if you brought Benji back. At mm. least, least a young half like Dearden could learn a lot from him. Mm. And Chad Townsend's also off at the end of 2020. I'm not sure what his uh, situation is at the Sharks. Uh, but, but look, we talk about players being on contract to a certain period of time and we know that that can change. Mm. It just depends on the club's salary cap position, what other clubs are looking for. Uh, there's a whole lot of avenues can open up. Uh, there's uh, Brody Croft, I believe, is another player that's um, he's on contract till next year as well. He, there's been some talk about him. I personally don't think he is the guy that the Broncos need because he, he he's no. he's young himself and he's yet to really prove himself as a as a halfback. Yeah, he hasn't stepped out of his mm. um, from his training wheels yet at all. Mm. Um, so yeah, he, probably not a great option. So you think Marshall and Green are the two they? Should yeah, look I at? think so. Yeah. Um, you know, mm. just just for that experience. I mean. Even Benji, just to give him that one year here, but Green would be the, the better option if you're looking at longevity. Mm. Um, you know, because he is a good player. And we, we, he's got everything. 
I, I, I just think it, it is, a, it's, it, as you say, Joel, with this review, it is a dilemma for them because, geez, they've got a lot of sort now. They just say that a lot of shuffling, a lot of... You know, and you, you know, not to be sarcastic, but you know, you never know. One of these players, they, they might belong to the same manager that um, fifteen of the squad have. So, mm. you know, that's I don't know whether that's a rumor, but um, apparently, fifteen of the Bronco boys all have the one manager. Well, I'm not sure of the exact number, and we're talking about Isaac Moses here, of course. Um, he he does manage a lot of the Broncos. Yeah. So I, I don't personally don't think it's healthy. Um, I, I know there's other. People that played for the Brisbane Broncos don't think it's healthy. I know Wayne Bennett didn't think it was healthy when he was here. He didn't think yeah. it was a healthy situation having um, Isaac Moses in control of so many players. But the, he does control a lot of players. That's yeah, that, that's okay. I mean, look, and yeah, that's no strike at him, but that's that's, that's his job, and that's what happens. And mm. um, but you know, is that healthy for one club? Probably not. Mm. Okay. Well, look. <laughs> This is a, 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 a let's face it. It's a disaster. What's fi- what's happened to the Broncos at the end of this year? This is the biggest loss they've ever had. It's the worst semi-final result in history. It's a complete and utter debacle. And um, what disappoints me about watching the Broncos is that they don't play like a team. Like poor old Payne Haas is like a shag on a rock half the time. He makes these great runs, and there's no one hmm. coming up on the inside or outside of him. Even with Tavita Pangai when he was playing, I think he's made the most offloads or he had done before he got suspended in the NRL. He, um, When he stands there like a colossus that he is, he, he's looking for an offload, but he's almost got to chuck it somewhere. It's but, not but, like it's not like there's blokes just running off him and, and he puts a John Cartwright style round the corner pass. It, but, but it Joel, Joel I, I, you know, you th- I've thought about this because I saw it happen on the weekend. It was pointed out by, by the commentators with... with Payne Haas and, and what happened there and it happens multiple times now as individuals and foresight, so these, obviously these players don't have foresight, they, they're not looking up what's in front of them, so that means that comes back to this way they're coached and this is not it's, this is the way they're coached generally mm. across the board, so they're just sitting back set because they know we got this play next and we got to be here for it so they know that, okay well Payne takes this up. Well, where's a good old instinct footy gone where um, you can break out of those structures to get just do a simple thing and support? So that's, that's, that's what's happening there. They're actually probably in their own minds thinking, well, we're not allowed to do that. We, we're sitting here waiting for the next play because mm. this is where we got to be. And that's how structured rugby league, and that, that comes right through from the juniors. I've, I noticed it with my boys going through that the boys aren't allowed to, these days to play what's in front of them. Mm. Um, and that that's a problem, and that that's right across the board. Mm. Yeah, but the Broncos scene that's that's my take on what happens there. Well, I thought the Parramatta Eels played pure rugby league. I mean, they bashed the Broncos in the middle, so they they really all through the game for eighty minutes. The Parramatta forwards manhandled Haas and Fafita, oh. who who did try extremely hard yeah. in that game, but yeah. they didn't get anywhere really. Uh, although Haas did maybe a couple of times, yeah. and, and with the surges. But then the way they used the width of the field. Oh. The way they supported each other as well, and this is what we don't see at the Broncos. We don't see a cohesion of a team. Right. We, we were, we were it, ta- it frustrates the living day. We were taught that, and they're, they're one of the things you listen to as coaches as you go through your years. And um, I can still remember playing reserve grade for the Broncos, and as a centre, out, young outside back, and 
Um, I was guilty of probably not pushing forward. So uh, every time before I go, Steve, don't forget to push forward. Don't forget to push forward. Always move forward. Wayne right. would say that too. Yeah, or, or Billy Billy Gardner, who was our reserve grade coach at mm. the time. Mm. Push forward, push forward. Because you can, you can get caught in this. Thing. You, you, I, early in my career, I used to be accused of footy watching my own teammates. <laughs> mm. When I'm out in the field, we say, oh, you, did you enjoy the view? Because you, you, didn't get, you, know, you didn't get yourself involved. Yeah. Um, and that was a bit of a sarcasm, but... We got taught, you know, always push forward, always push forward because then, and it worked. I mean, in the end, I was always on the tail of Kevy Walters making a heartbreak. Mm. That's what you got to do as an outside back. Well, we don't uh, see enough of this, I and mean, yeah, we don't, don't see enough cohesion. This, this spine just, I think one lesson's come out of this season, and it must be learned by the Broncos, is you cannot play blokes out of position in the spine. Hmm. It's just not worked. I mean, I know Milford used to be a fullback. Darius Boyd has never been a 5'8". I honestly think he was sold up the river being even asked to do it. Mm. I mean, he played 300 games of football, for God's sake, before he was asked to do this. It's a bridge too far. Yeah. I don't think um, that that should that he's left centre. Yes, I can understand that at 5'8". No, Jake Turpin is a hooker. He's yeah. quite been yeah. proven. Um, so it just doesn't work. I mean, Alex Glenn is not a centre. Uh, but we had a we had a good young centre sitting on the bench, and that that bamboozled me a bit. Uh, yeah, he's and I, I can tell you now, Alex Glenn did not want to be. When I say this, Alex, I didn't not a strike at you because I know how competitive you are. But I don't think he was happy at the start being there because he just just showed that he. Because I, I would have thought he would have went looking for more work at being a second rower, which he's mm. used to. Mm. Um, but I, I think mentally, he he. Um, was but more than likely upset that he was in the centres. I would have been. Mm. Well, you, you <laughs> played left centre, Steve. Yeah, and and look, I, I would have been. I would have been intimidated by those two. <laughs> upset it, you know. Wonga Blake, Wonga yeah. Blake, and Ferguson. I mean, they're units, and they played like that. Um, mm. And uh, and that's the thing. And that that once again, though, that's not the f- f- uh, the fault of the player. Mm. They were told to be there. They were. That's right. I mean, look, and the Broncos have got to face the facts here that they're the ones that asked their centre, James Roberts. James Roberts was a centre hmm. here. He's gone. Yeah. Cody Nicarima was a halfback. Gone. Hmm. Yeah. So they, they, they did have players in those but positions. One, but once again, Joel. International and, a, and, yeah, a, and an origin player. player. Yeah. yeah. Um, but once again, where are the, these decisions made? Hmm. They're made outside of that team. Who's going to take responsibility for I keep harping on about it. I don't know the details, but that's another example where someone outside, whether it be the board, whether it be the CEO, whether it be the chair, who takes responsibility for those decisions over the whole year? Hmm. Well, I think that's it's been that, to the detriment I, of the team. I think when it comes to the players, I'm sure that decision's taken by the coach. I mean, I'm, I dare say you would have a discussion with the recruitment and retention committee, hmm. uh, which uh, Darren Lockyer and Peter Nolan are obviously on. Yeah. But um, yeah, look, there's so many things for the Broncos to fix, and one one thing I would say is I I, I don't, I've read that people say that these these blokes are arrogant. I, look, I don't find the Broncos players to be arrogant. No, I don't think they're arrogant. No, I don't think they are. I don't, I don't think they are. But I would say this is I remember when I first started covering the Broncos. I remember after a loss. I remember what it was like. I can remember Darren Lockyer when he lost a game. He looked like he had the world yeah. on his shoulders. Like his yeah. whole demeanour. He'd be the last out of the dressing room. You know, sometimes he'd have a chat to you and, or he'd say, text mm. me at 10 o'clock tomorrow and you'd ring him. You know, you could just see how he carried that loss. Webkey, when he'd lost the game, was, was filthy. Mm. He was filthy. 
Yeah. Hodges was just ropeable. Yeah. You know, you, you knew, knew when Hodges had lost a game, like he was that competitive. He, just his whole demeanour was like... We, we, I don't get this. This is one thing I don't get out of this Broncos team. I don't see that same... Um, I don't know. This is why they, well, those it, guys... It, it, the a, losing wasn't acceptable for those guys. It, it's, it's a different era. Um, you mm. know, I... I, I I was I walked during the week with with Gavin Allen, um, you know, mm. uh, Queensland legend. He's he's and it, it is an era thing. Take this away from the Broncos. Just talk about the era of boys and whatever. So mm. he was obviously part of the the Queensland team, and um, they won't mind me saying this, but um, he said, you know, after that loss loss in Perth, there was straight into the sheds, and and someone's yelling, "Okay, boys, let's just forget about that game, and we'll move on." That's not the way to do things. You still got to recognise what just happened there, which wasn't great. Similar to what the Broncos just did, um, you can't just wipe it out of your memory. Mm. Um, he said, "No, no, no." You know, virtually pull them up and said, "No, you hurt for that game." You know, you can't you can't just shrug it aside and forget about it. But that's the attitude of today's players, mm. as you just mentioned, Joel. You use a lot of good examples there. We used to do it as a unit. You know, we we shattered like as you say. We were embarrassed to go to our training sessions because we always had fans come. We we hate I hated it when we got beaten to face our fans. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because they'd be standing on the on the fence line watching us train, and you know all the avid fans. But we had to go face to face with them. Mm. That's hard. Yeah, it's hard to get. I mean, unless you've actually been in the dressing room, I mean, and you get to know these guys and you get to know how they react. Mm. You just get that sense. And and uh, and look, they these guys I'm talking about, they had a presence about them. Mm. They were winners. Like form was the same. Like I, I used to get nervous ringing him. Sorry, talking to him after a loss because you could see he didn't. Uh, yeah. He, he just. Yeah. It was just a, an overall feeling of disappointment and um, disgust at losing and yeah. I, that's that's what made the Broncos great and and Lockie's often spoken about this how fear of failure drew, drove him but it, oh. it really drove him yeah. it really did you know like, yeah. And, and yeah, we, and I, I just wonder I just wonder if these guys realize that yeah well uh, it, it goes back prior to that it's about the appreciation of mm. where they are mm. and what what their role is what you know what it should mean to them I don't think they really care to mm. be honest, so there's a there's a group that don't really care. There's a we know there's a group that that do. Mm. So I'm not including them. They and when I say these things, and the, if, it, if these boys listen to or people listen, the people know who you're talking about because they're in their own mind. They know, oh, am I? And but you know, oh, I'm not one of them. I go mm. and have a go. Mm. Um, but there there are a group that just don't care, mm. and that that's across the board. I'm not just talking about the Broncos here. I'm talking about young players that are coming through. They're just well, you can know. I say this, though, Steve? I think one thing I do believe is that there are some young guys at this club that do care. Yeah, that's and what that's I mean. What, yeah. That is important. Yeah, I think Haas is a competitive person. Oh, uh, for feeders and, and stags. I, I, I do think, and this is one thing. And, and Penguai Jr. Let's and, not, you know, he hasn't been around, but gee, look at it. Look at how he goes. How hard he goes when he's out there. Yeah, that's right. So we've got. I think Anthony Seabold alluded to this in the post-match presser that he's got some young players there that uh, there's really good material to work oh, with. Without you, a doubt, we all see that. But they just need better support. Like yeah. I, I wrote a piece for NRL.com this week where I pointed out that in the best clubs, the highest paid players are the best performers week in, week out. Like Cronk and Tedesco, you know what you're going to yeah. get. Smith and Munster, you know what you're going to get. And when Munster doesn't deliver it, he's filthy about it. Yeah. He's happy to tell you how filthy he is. Yeah. Um, the Broncos, their best performers are not their highest paid players. No. And it's, that's... It's the, 
polar opposite. That's that that long term for that to continue would be dysfunctional because you can't have that. You can't have that. You're right, Joel, and that that then comes back to the culture and what's happened there. So really, they really need to look hard mm. at everything. Yeah, I like I like what you're saying about Benji and Blake Green. I think that the options they need to look at. I don't know whether it's achievable, but they need to look at it. Well, Steve, that's the Broncos. Uh, we've got two massive finals on this weekend. Friday night, we've got the Rabbitohs, who are pumped by the Roosters, mm. up against the Sea Eagles, who were absolutely brilliant against the Cronulla Sharks. Yeah, you know, we, we wrote them off, didn't we? we I did. think a lot of people wrote mm. poor old Manly off. I should say poor old Manly, but we wrote them off. But, geez, they come out and showed everyone very, very different. Mm. Well, the, the Rabbitohs were, were, from the moment that Alex Johnson lost the ball at the start of the game, they're on the back foot, and the Roosters played the first half just out of this world and they destroyed them. Uh, they didn't have Sam Burgess, he's back. They didn't have Dane Gagai in the centres, he's back. So that's a big boost, big boost for them. But for the conversely, for Manly, they get money to power back. So yeah. they only get stronger. Um, this is at ANZ Stadium. The Manly Seagulls haven't had much fortune there for a long, long, for, for many, many years, actually. Um, so they haven't really had a great run at ANZ Stadium. No. What do you think is going to happen here, Steve? Mate, this is going to be, a, a, like every game down the final, it's going to be a humdinger. I, I, it's going to be very hard to split them, especially when you, you look at what happened last week with both teams. You know, Obviously, Rabbit's getting pumped and, and Manly coming out playing um, you know, some really good rugby league uh, to, to obviously win that game. Uh, for me, I'm, you know, you're looking forward to that tussle in the middle. Um, you know, the, the, the front rowers and Sam Burgess is back and... Um, you know they're, they're going to try and get under the the Burgess's nose. I reckon they'll, they'll Manly will try and get under his nose, Sam, and try and force him into another another mistake or you know something silly. Um, but for me, um, I think Wayne um, and I must admit Desi's much the same. They'll have the they have both these teams up. You know they're both great coaches. Um, it's going to be a hard one, Joel, and um, I don't think though that South will do a repeat of what happened last week. You'd like to think Wayne would be doing his utmost for this team to make sure that doesn't happen again. Um, and obviously, I don't think Manly are the calibre of the Roosters. Um, so I, I think Wayne can, with his experience, um, he's got his good unit, he's got his play, a couple of his key players back that he, he could get the, the rabbits over the line. Mm. Well, we, we saw last week that uh, I know Damien Cook spoken this week, uh, not not this week, but he spoke to me after a game that they beat the Broncos. He said one thing he's learnt this year, he's worked on, is being able to get the team rolling if if the ruck speed's slow, you know. And, yes. And obviously they're on the back foot against the Roosters, and he wasn't able to to do that. But that that was a pretty tough assignment. And even even Cameron Murray, who's had so many blinders for South, wasn't able to really get into the game either. Yeah. Although he tried very hard. So I, I think if if this, from my way of thinking, if this forward battle is fairly even, then I like I think Cook can be the difference. And ignite, and because when he ignites, it ignites everyone. Walker and Reynolds oh, come, come, come with him, and Murray seems to play well off him as well. So, I think he's the key. But I mean, the, the Roosters were really never in that. Sorry, the Rabbitohs were never in that Roosters. And, and it is hard, Joel. And then they're the situations where you you look towards someone. You know, um, you look towards your hooker, or you look towards your half. Um, and and sometimes that can be a simple thing as. Uh, take this opportunity against the grain, uh, the way mm. the games were going. But 
even a decent kick uh, by say Reynolds just to just to change that direction and mm. um, change your position if you're under the pump and you're in your own if you can get a decent kick away and get a good kick chase and it's just talk about Wayne's to talk about just these simple things that you know you learn on this we know what we got to do here we're under the pump but if someone just pulls out that one little extra effort it can change a game like that yeah well that's a good point that you make and I do think that Reynolds um, he was a bit quiet last week yeah South were battered and bruised after that win they had over the Roosters in round 25. I do think, too, that the Burgess boys, um, and I've forgotten which one it was. <laughs> it was one of the twins. It was one of the twins towards the back end of the game uh, was playing a lot better than he was at the start. Yeah. And I, I think that they're going to be better for the run, the twins. And Burgess being there is going to lift oh, the yeah, whole side. Yeah. So I, I think that's going to help South's. Um, one of the, I loved about Manly, uh, one thing I loved about watching them was the way that Des got get that pack uh, uh, moving t- together down the field. I love their little short passes. Yeah. They're all on each other's tails, getting over the advantage line, just punching away, punching away. And then they got Daly Cherry Evans, had a fantastic game last week, one of his best. And then Moses Suley running rampant outside of him. Everyone in this Manly team contributes uh, it's a really good team that Des has got Yeah, together. he has. He, you're right. Um, and even without some of their bigger guns, uh, they still, with with Blake to power, Fenua Blake to power and Trebojevic, that that's a core. You can build your whole forward yeah. sort of play around. And then Cherry Evans, Walker, um, Suley, George Tafua, that, and, and the, the rest of those guys like Elliot Parker, Garrick, they all seem to have lifted under yeah, Des. Yeah, they have. Um, this is real manly spirit that we're seeing. Yeah, this is manly, what we're watching. You know, and it reminds me, you, you know, I, I was only a young kid in the 70s, um, but, you know, I, I have watched some of those games and you watch that manly side from then, uh, Terry Randall and those guys. Mm. And then I, I think of the Watmo, um, Glenn Stewart yes, yeah. era, um, Matt Eye and all those guys. That, that they play a certain style of footy, Manly. It's tough. It's uncompromising. It's it's what Manly is, and I, I think this Manly team, even though they don't have the the big guns that those teams seem to have, they're playing the similar footy. They're playing that style of football, yeah. and so long as Manly's playing like that, I don't think you can write them off. Yeah, no, and that's the thing. This is a tough match, and mm. I'm, I'm wholly solely going on the fact that um, I, you know, and I'm. I'm no discredit to Desi Hasler, but um, Wayne Bennett is the super coach, and uh, and he's got Sam Burgess back. So I'm, I'm like, think that's enough for, for South to get over. Yeah, I agree. I think it's going to be a belt of a game, very tight, and I, it wouldn't surprise me if it's a Reynolds field goal or some such yeah. thing yeah. that gets um, South Sydney over the line. Okay, um, now Saturday, this is a huge game, and there's so much anticipation for this after the Eels' magnificent performance. Um, the Melbourne Storm uh, hosting now after they got rolled by Canberra. Um, Melbourne Storm hosting um, the Parramatta Reels, who were in red hot form after that performance. Um, Storm a bit disappointing, I thought. Yeah. I yeah, thought they, that, I they thought would think that too. You know, a bit drab. Yeah. <laughs> a bit drab with the way they played. They they almost played into Canberra's hands to some some sort of extent. I would have liked to have seen them try and play a bit more football. I didn't think Munster had a particularly good game. Um, I thought Canberra played just brilliantly. Yeah, they did. That guy know. Bateman, I tell you, John Bateman, yeah. I, I think he's one of the, the best English forwards I have seen. 
and he's different to a lot of English forwards. But well, he's not definitely. You, you, you talk about if you mention someone about oh yeah, traditional forward English forward, they're big, they're tough. He's he's tough, but he's not big. No, <laughs> yeah. he's how smart. Sm- how smart is he? He's smart, how about right? that last play where yeah. um, BJ Lua, unfortunately for uh, the Fox, he lost the footy, and BJ Lua goes across diagonally, and Bateman was going that way, and then switched on, bang. Okay, I'm coming back in, and the, the defence parted like the Red Sea, and their little flick pass back, and Bateman was in. Why don't, why don't young centres in the game watch that? And that's what you do as a centre. That yeah. was good, wasn't it? It was good, yeah. and um, and a lot don't do it these days, and, and it frustrates me as, a, as an old centre watching that. But then to see him do it, mm. oh, I thought that's just perfect. Well, it just worked a treat because all the defence went right across, and Bateman just came back on the diagonal, yeah. and the whole thing parts. Yeah, and you don't see the Melbourne Storm defence part like no, a Red right. Sea yeah. very often. But uh, that was. But yeah, they're, they're saying all that too, Joel, and I, I thought you know you got to credit Ricky Stewart and what he did. Mm. Um, but uh, once again, we're, we're talking about Melbourne. Um, so we go back to the game that, that's happening this weekend. Can Parramatta reproduce what they did last week outside of Bankwest? So that's, <laughs> that's a big question. That's yeah. a big question. Um, they're down there in Melbourne. Um, and Craig Bellamy, you don't think he's been on the march this week down there? Um, so Melbourne would would definitely heard about their loss and what Craig Bellamy thinks and I, I don't think you'll get a repeat of that because they'd have to be very disappointed in their mm. performance last week I, th- I think we'll see a totally different team um, on both sides down in Melbourne It's going to be very interesting to me and uh, one thing that's uh, on Mitchell Moses, he was absolutely brilliant last week, uh, that was just a dynamic performance, everything yeah, and He took advantage of a, of a team that were just on the ball, so that's what you've got to do as mm. a six, and he did it so well. Mm. Well, obviously Dylan Brown playing at five. Oh, eight. sorry, yeah, yeah see, sorry, in the halves, in the halves, yeah, sorry. Yeah, but Brown and Moses, that they were really good. And he was, yeah, didn't he? Comp- he, he really, I was really happy for him. You know, he ran oh, in a couple of meat pies, and I cool thought, good head. on him. Yeah, he's, he's got a really lad. cool head. I, I like the way he plays. He seems to have time. He doesn't get flustered, does he? No, he doesn't. For a young no. fellow, he looks very even. Just his whole demeanour. And Mitchell Moses, well, you know, he just showed what he's made of. Um, this year's been a total transformation. Yeah. Of, uh, he said so himself. Um, they've got the big boppers on the wings, Sevo uh, and Ferguson. Wunga Blake's added so much. Jennings is like a red he's wine. still going, yeah. Gutherson's um, great link man and leading the side. Yeah. And, and the Ford pack smashed Broncos. And um, mm-hmm. they're going to come out and give it to Melbourne. Oh, it's going to be interesting to see... You know, because Parramatta like to, to use the width of the field, and, and there's some feeling that you can get Melbourne on the edges if you don't get bogged down. Yes, in, yes. In in the middle of the field, where obviously the, the the Eels were able to dominate the Broncos. I don't think they'd have as much luck dominating the Storm there. No. But interesting to see how they go on the edges and how Melbourne nullifies that um, expansive style of play that the Eels can unfold. Yeah, and that's right. Unfurl, and, I mean. and mind you, um, you know the you know. The thing about Melbourne, what they've got, they've got the video <laughs> of last week's game. So you'd like to think that um, Craig would have something there because they're not, they're definitely not going to be up in the middle trying to take on the the Melbourne pack because um, that's where they want you to be. Um, so you know he's going to have to come up. Craig Melly's going to come up with something special uh, to stop it if they go down that track again. Uh, the Parramatta Eels. Mm. Yeah, well, it's going to be very interesting. I, I think um, I think we're going to see. 
Munster, I, I don't feel like he's playing as well as he can at the moment. I'm sure he knows that. And I, I've just got a feeling he's he's set for a big one in yep. this game. Um, look on Smith's face at the end of the game was like, okay, we're going to have to do this the hard way. Mm. Um, so he's been in this situation oh, before. Professional, true professional. So we, we've, you and I both agree, he's the, the most influential player in the game. Yes, and definitely. A, and uh, I think he's the best player I've seen. So whenever you've got that sort of calibre of player in your team, you're very dangerous. And I, I just think Melbourne's going to be pumped for this game. Oh. There's no second chances. It'd be a disaster for Melbourne to go out backwards after dominating for, for the whole season. Yeah, JJ Gilton and Holders. Um, and, and especially uh, to get ousted at the home stadium. Uh, you know, it's just going to be a double whammy if they lose, but I don't think they will. No, I don't think they will either. Uh, it's this is a big test for Bellamy's team because um, the, you know they they've been in the last three grand finals. Uh, they've won one. Yeah. Uh, the minor premiers this, this year. I think if if they finish the season without another premiership, one one out of four for where they've been wouldn't would, would sort of stick in the crawl for Bellamy and Smith. Oh, without they would have yeah. felt like they should have got more from from that in, in the in the sense yeah, of premierships. Uh, so what we're looking at here, Steve, is if, if the if the Melbourne Storm gets through, it's going to be a instead of a Roosters Storm Grand Final, it's going to be a Roosters Storm Prelim Final if they get through this yeah, game. Yeah. So we're we're not going to see a repeat of last year's Grand Final. As you say, um, the look on Cam Smith's face is yep, they got to do it the hard way, and that's that's what's they're facing. Yeah, it's just he had that look about him, not, not of devastation or of. Um, it was a real, probably a realisation. It was more, yeah, a realisation. It was almost a little bit bemused by the whole thing, as if to say, mm. how, did, how did we let this go? Yeah. Because it's the second time they've let, um, you know, they've let the opposition win, or not let not, not let them win. It's the second time they've lost to, to Canberra after leading. So that, that would um, yeah. stick in the crawl. Okay, so we're both tipping... Um, the same. Storm. Yeah, the, I, the, I just the two, think so. The two home teams to win. Yeah, this. two home teams. I just think... Um, look, you'd love to see Parramatta uh, put on another performance, but uh, look, they grow an extra leg at Bank West, and they're going to be way out of their their comfort zone down there. Mm. Okay, Steve, well, we'll have a look at the NRLW um, uh, contests for this weekend as well at Amy Park. We've got the Broncos up against the Roosters. This should be a, a belter of a game. It's a grand final. Well, what about you and I, mate, going against our girls last week? Well, we and they, a, it was an upset, really. Well, we had a shocker, Steve, all round. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, no, I've, I don't know if I even want to review our tips from <laughs> no. last week. I, I, I watched the Broncos match, uh, the Bronco ladies, uh, women's match, and uh, geez, they played well. I uh, really impressed. I, I, look, I, Millie Boyle, how, oh, how good she? Jeez, I was <laughs> like, my God. And But the fact that, I, I thought it was a great win by Brisbane, the fact that they'd pinched. St George had pinched four of our best players, <laughs> and we just come out and rolled them again. It's like great. How good was that, you know? And they took it to heart. And it was just a, it was a good game of footy to watch. Mm. Is a, the, the, that right side of Broncos attack to Pilly and Ward. Yeah, geez, they're good players. Amber Pilly and uh, Meg Ward. Well, they're, they're, they're both units in their own right, and they're tough in defence as well. They you are, see Amber, they? she just throws, <laughs> and Meg's the same. And um, you know, like they're 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 good together. Like they're, they're nearly like you know. They're the, they're the pairing that you don't. It's like it was like the weekend. It was like um, uh, Fergus Blake Fergus and, and Wonga Blake. Like you just don't go there. 
<laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, they've certainly done well with Millie, uh, getting Millie Boyle on board. Wow. Yeah. She's, what a, she's a player. And a <laughs> and, of course, when you've got uh, Ali Brigginshaw running the show, yeah. it just makes it... Uh, How important is she to, to a good, you know, to a team? I mean, yeah. she does. She's got a great cool head on her. She does a thing. Well, she is. She's got plenty of time. That's the thing. She, you know, like you, you, I think of the great players. Yeah. Uh, they've got time, and and Brigginshaw, you know, is one of the best players in the world in yeah. the female game, and she certainly has time on her hands. This is a big game for the Roosters because they, um, they're one of the um, favourites. I would have thought, um, along with the Dragons, to probably play in the grand final this year. I like the look of their team. I thought Talisha Harden had a good game yeah. for them, even yeah. in a losing team against the Warriors. She was so close to scoring on one occasion. They've got Isabel Kelly. Uh, they've got some really um, good players, obviously the veteran um, Sims leading them. So, um, look, I'm going to stick with the Broncos this week. Yes, I, don't, so I. <laughs> I don't know how we could tip against them. They haven't oh, lost a game. I know. We, we tipped against and, them. And look, they, they, they won a... a it wasn't an easy match last week for them. No. But they knew how to do it. They, they did it really well. I thought they were succinct in what they did. They they stuck to what they were obviously training for. and They didn't waver. They didn't stray off anything. But they kept, they believed in what they were doing and, and it worked for them. It did. Yeah, no, I'm going to tip the Broncos this time. I don't, I don't think I dare tip against them. <laughs> Same. Uh, okay, and the other game over at Mount Start Smart Stadium is on Sunday is the uh, Warriors are up against the, the Dragons. Uh, Warriors off a really good win. Mm. Um, the halfback Poco was uh, brilliant for them uh, last week in their win. Um, she really did control things really nicely. So um, she, she's one to watch. The Dragons would be very disappointed with that. And, and they've, they've lost um, they've lost Tuila Fotumawala. Mm. She's been suspended for three weeks for a crusher tackle. So... Oi. So she, oh, she 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 went for that. The Duke. Oh, I saw it. Yeah, the, yeah. She's gone for the, she's gone for the season. Oh my God, I didn't think it was. I thought it was quite accidental. Even it was a, it wasn't your typical, but I think she had an arm caught up. It didn't look good, but I don't think you know it was worth getting suspended. <laughs> over. She's a bit unlucky. Well, it seems pretty tough, doesn't it, when you consider that she's gone for the whole comp. <laughs> like she won't play again this year. Look, you oh, know geez. she's suspended for three games, so I, I don't know. Yeah, look, I, you know, I don't know where that leaves her if they don't make the grand final. Does that mean she, she's suspended for a test? I suppose it does. Yeah, it uh, does. It does. Um, yeah. Look, I, I, <laughs> I didn't realise that. I thought, geez, that's unlucky. Um, yeah, so they're without her, and she's a big loss. But they've still got Brayley. I think they won't be dis- they won't be devastated by their performance, um, but. They didn't take their chances, did they? No, they, they, no, they didn't. Maybe they'll learn from that. And look, Warriors were good, um, to be honest. Uh, I, you know, I got to see a bit of that match as well. And they're, you know, they, they, they got some really tough players. Um, I really like that about them. And but I think I'm thinking maybe um, St George, just with you know Bra- Bailey and um, they'll they'll be just a bit smarter. Yeah. As I, you said though, the half for, for the Auckland Warriors, um, she was pretty good. She was outstanding, yeah, really good um, performance by her. She's got great game awareness, I, I think. That's what really stood out to me. Um, but, yeah, the, these these players like Kimi Orinati for the Dragons, Sergis, Braley, Apps, that it's a star-studded lineup, really, and uh, it's, the challenge for the Dragons will be... What, what was a young coming. Indigenous... I'm just assuming she's Indigenous winger for St George. She, she was very good. Um... Was she? Not sure what her name was, but is it Stephanie Mooker? Yeah, it might have been. Um, she took a couple of high, 
bomb that she knocked on against mm. a player and scored, which they thought was a try, but was disallowed. And then she took this eyes on the ball, split two players, taking a bomb, mm. and just did it so confidently. Like, just great hand-eye and very good mover with the ball. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm not quite sure. Uh, my, my memory slips me on that one. But uh, uh, certainly they've got a back line that's got plenty of uh, fire uh, in it and, and, and strike yeah. the Dragons. I, I'm tipping the Dragons here as well. Yes, yeah. I think that they, they'll definitely want to win that game. Yeah, actually, it's uh, Shakia. It's Shakia and Tungai yeah. is, the, is the player we're referring to. Uh, you're referring to Steve. She's the one that did that, and uh, yeah, yeah that, she's a talent. Yeah, you. yeah. I don't know much about it to be honest, but um, I dare say we'll hear a lot more about her in the future. Okay, Steve. Look, thanks very much for your um, thoughts on all the, all the um, weekend's games, and also on the Brisbane Broncos. Um, it's board meeting for the Broncos on Friday. Uh, what happens out of that board meeting, and what's what? If they're listening, can they invite can they invite me along just so I can just sit in? And not say anything. You want to sit in? I'll sit. I'd love to sit in on that board meeting. You're not the only one, Steve. Well, sure, I'll just sit in. I just want to sit in and listen. <laughs> and you can gag me if you want. I won't say a word. <laughs> it's a true story. <laughs> so I'm a good saying, listener. I'm a good listener. You're saying you could sit in on a Brisbane board meeting uh, and, and hold my tongue and hold your tongue, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't want you to do that. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. uh, no, it'd just be interesting. I'd love to be, as they say, I'd love to be a fly on the wall. Yeah, you're not the only one. <laughs> <laughs> if we knew how to... Uh, no, I better not say. No, 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 no. no. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny, we were just joking about getting a magic pen in there, you know, like uh, one of those ones you get from Allspy. Not hard to do, <laughs> Not hard to do. <laughs> okay, Steve, we'll talk next week, see what unfolds in the next uh, seven days at Broncos. It's going to be interesting. And in the game. Thanks, mate.